0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three
1: orders while supplies last.
0: Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy.
2: The matchups, the superstars, the games. Starting defense, place at the table. Woo! This is Football Sunday on the Fan. A comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hi, happy Sunday morning.
3: Yeah, happy Sunday morning it's indeed. A, it's a pretty nice day out today. It was uh, nice to wake up. It was kind of cool, but sunny, which means it'll get warmer out. It's nice. Yeah, its it's been a... It's been an okay kind of
0: weekend. I haven't seen too too much rain.
3: okay kind of weekend.
0: Yeah, no, I mean really, it hasn't been hot. It's been like, you know, consistently about 65, 67 degrees right around there. So it's been bearable, but it's still been sunny, you know, so it's still been kind of cool out there. So I'm it's been a nice little okay weekend. So we we'll, it's been raining and I know everybody was like, "Oh, I can't wait for the rain. Bring the rain back." You well, I
3: I said that you jerks.
0: Yeah, I'm talking about you, Lynch. Like well, I, that's I kind of enjoyed this week. It was comfortable. <sighs> I did not want the rain
3: back, man. The rain just makes me tired. It was comfortable, and it was cool in my apartment, and I could re- use a blanket without being too warm. It was pretty great. I, you know, I enjoyed it. Sounds like really selfish reasons to. Well, to want the yeah, rain back. that's I'm so sorry. you Can be cool in your apartment. I'm sorry. I mean, are, were you not cool and comfortable in your apartment slash I was, house? I, mean? I was. I was sleep most of the time because that's what the rain does. To you me. was sleep. I was cold.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, I was freezing,
3: man. Seriously, layers well, already in layers. See, what's funny is I knew that we were going to get back to warmer temperatures uh, starting. I, I thought yesterday, but it's going to be what in the seventies for the next couple of weeks or, or low seventies. Whenever this happens to me every single year, but. I have this thing with in, in my head where I'm like, I can't commit to wearing warm weather or cold weather clothes until I know for sure it's going to be cold for the rest of the year. So this past week, I still wore shorts and T-shirt, even when it was like 58, 60 degrees or cool and rainy, because I knew that this week it would be comfortable again. So I didn't want to break out the jeans from the drawer and wear them when I knew that I could when i was going to put them away again so i i had to i had to wear the shorts and the t-shirts this week i don't know i didn't have to but that's my thing i guess it's in my brain it's i mean what feels I'm, right. I'm one of those dudes you'll catch me in the
0: winter in hoop shorts you know and and a, and, a, and a t-shirt or in a sweatshirt so shorts isn't necessarily out of the question for me you know during the winter when it gets cold so I'm, I'm i'm a year-round type of guy when it comes to that now i won't be wearing like khaki shorts
3: but you'll definitely catch me in some Some hoop shorts or something like that. Well, I mean, that's just in terms of being comfortable, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, some basketball shorts. But of course, I don't know. I I like this weather. See, I, I think, I think fall is probably my favorite season, just because at least here, especially because it's still nice out for the beginning of it, right? It's still like today. It's nice out. And it's going to be nice for a little bit, and then it gets a little bit cooler and rainy in October, and well, then we se- get into the winter, and it kind of sucks. But-
0: September is kind of a preview of what you're what you're going to get from the fall. Like it, you'll get that week, you know, right in there where it just rains and it's real gray and stuff like that, it's just kind of ugly outside. And we had a couple of those days, but then right around the end of September, if you go to an Oregon school, and I think they were they start tomorrow, or they actually report to to school uh, tomorrow. Who does um, Oregon, Oregon colleges? What? Yeah, they start, like, late September. September 20th. Tw- what? Yeah.
3: That's so late.
0: Yeah, and I really, I might, th- I, what's today, the 24th, fourth. Twenty. Yeah. Today's
3: the 24th, yep. Yeah,
0: so I think they all start tomorrow. It's just kind of one of those things, but I remember always that first couple weeks of school, it was just beautiful weather outside, like, till early October, mid-October, and then here comes the rain, and here comes the fall.
3: I like, look, I, I like the rain a little bit, so, I mean, it's I guess it's, it's good that I live out here, but, I mean, it's, you know. It's nice weather. I appreciate it. I enjoy it. Uh, this is football Sunday. We are on from 9 to 11 a.m. today. She's hot. Yeah. That's the person I was telling you about before. Oh, well, she looks hotter on TV instead of on the picture that maybe it was just the picture that we saw. Uh, I told you. Um, we're talking about Sam Ponder, by the way. <laughs> um, this is football Sunday. We're on until 11 o'clock today. We have a lot of stuff to get to. As always, we will do our fantasy. Scramble segment at 9 30 and likely at 9 45. We've already got a couple of questions that have come in on the Bridgeport Beers text line at five, five, three, zero five. If you have start sick questions for your fantasy football league, I actually have one, so I'm excited to ask you guys about that as well. Um text them in now and through nine thirty to the Bridgeport Beers Text line at five five three oh five. We'll get to as many as we can in those two segments. Uh we also have our West Coast bias segment at 10 15 today, uh, as we will uh be talking about the LA Rams and whether or not they're actually good. Look at the Rams getting some love in the West Coast bias. Well, they're West Coast they're now. They're now West Coast. Yeah. This is year two of them being a West Coast team. And frankly, we talked about how bad the Seahawks offense was last week. That didn't change, by the way. And we didn't talk about the Rams yet. And they're the most interesting story on the West Coast to me right now because the chart, I mean, outside of them not drawing any fans, them and the Chargers, I'm just interested in them on the field because they actually look like they're. Figuring it out a little bit. Jared Goff doesn't look like the worst number one pick of all time anymore. He no. actually looks pretty good. No, he looks so great. we'll talk about that at ten fifteen. We will, of course, start here with the Ducks game in a minute or two. And also, we will definitely talk about this. And uh, we're going to do it at the 10 o'clock segment. we got to talk about the assumed National Anthem protesting going on today in the NFL. Um, we've already seen it in the London game, which is going on right now on Yahoo, which is the Jaguars and the Ravens. Both sides, Nelts, locked arms, did a combination of statements during the National Anthem. Uh, the Steelers have already announced that they are not going to even leave the locker room as an entire team for the National Anthem. And uh, so we'll we'll do this at 10 when we see, because I'm sure Red Zone will show us all of the various things going on. And if not, I'll find it on regular channel. But um, we'll, we'll see what the general reaction is from the players. And we'll talk about that coming up at 10 o'clock. So that's all coming up on the show today. Again, find us on Twitter at 1080TheFan. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 Rashad's at TaylorMade503. Jesse, our producer, is that Jesse Osman, A-S-Z-M-A-N, and uh, Bridgeport Bears text line 55305 for all of your comments as well as fantasy questions, uh, which we'll answer in about a half hour. Also, we have Hated or Love It at 1030. Forgot to tease that. Let's, though, start with the Oregon Ducks, and we'll get into some of the Pac-12 games as well in the next two segments here. Oregon loses to Arizona State yesterday, 37-35. to Good game, especially in the second half. Good, close game. Um, Oregon played the best offense they've played all year, Mm -hmm. and it showed. Their defense did not look as dominant as it has for the first three games of the season. And really, Oregon should not have lost this game. Oregon, if if they did things slightly, just slightly better, they should not have lost this game. The biggest stat for me in this game that that kind of stands out is that the Ducks were one of 11 on third down in the game against a team in Arizona state who was the 129th ranked third round defense in the country. So far this year, they had given up a third down on 55% of the attempts defensively so far on the season. And the Ducks got it. What? Slightly less than 10% of the time. uh, One of 11. And that right there was kind of a microcosm of the game. Something was off from the beginning, and it just carried on through most of the rest of the game.
0: I I was I think everybody going at this game kind of thought this would be a gimme game for the Ducks. I don't think anybody actually thought Arizona State had a chance or had a fighting chance. You know, considering the way the Ducks have been playing with the offense they've been putting up, you know, close to you know, it's 60 points a game or 50 points a game, something crazy like that, you know, which, is, which isn't which is really surprising because it's the Oregon Ducks, and I think that's what we've, been, what we've been used to seeing. I think we're not used to seeing them lose to teams like Arizona State. But there were times in this game, like, Arizona State was scoring, and it only took four or five plays. You know, when, when they drove up the field on those scoring drives, it wasn't, you know, they weren't 15-play 15, 15 drives. They were more like four and five and seven play drives, and they were going right up the field on Oregon. And all of a sudden, you see where the holes are on defense. You know, they've been playing some talent that isn't up to par. Let's just go ahead and say that. Some of the offense they've been playing, the defense should dominate there. Troy Dyes looked like just a a monster among men at that point. So I I think now you're starting to see some of the defensive issues, but I think you've got time to kind of work those out. Mm -hmm. The one thing I saw is that the Ducks fought back. They didn't quit. It, it could have been really easy for a lot of those young guys to say, man, you know, we're, we're good. We're clearly going to lose this game. But they end up fighting back, and they damn near won that game. So I, I like the heart. I like the resolve that we saw. You know, I think there's another team about a, a mile south from that that would – or excuse me, about a few miles south from that that would like that some of that same heart. But I, I thought they just came up short.
3: They did, but I like that point. They – Actually, they didn't give in, right? We've seen last year multiple times where they were down early. You know, they were down by what ducks were twenty one. It was thirty one to ten at one point in yeah. the game, and it was just, it was, the game was over, right? You knew watching the game that the ducks had lost the game and they weren't going to come back, and that was not the case. And that is partially in in part to the coaching staff now. Willie Taggart kind of gives you a different energy. The assistant coaches give you a different kind of energy. And I mean, especially Jim Levin and his Diet Cokes, man, but, uh, or diet, was it Pepsi's maybe Diet Pepsi's with him, but, uh, that's kind of, that's a positive sign. So despite the loss to a team that you really probably should have beaten, Arizona state's not very good, but despite the loss, at least there are positives in the game. And it kind of makes you realize that the start of the season was great and really exciting, but the seven to eight win mark that we all set before the year started, before we knew anything about what the offense was going to look like from Willie Taggart still is probably pretty realistic Mm -hmm. because we've seen Nebraska already struggle mightily this year, right? They lose to Northern Illinois after losing to Oregon. They almost lost to Rutgers yesterday. Rutgers. So we know Nebraska's not great. We know Wyoming is not very good. And um, so you're already seeing – and they played an FCS team week one. So you're already seeing uh, when they play better teams, they're not necessarily up to par yet. And that's Okay.
0: That's okay. No, yeah, and you've still got time. And like I said, some of the things I, just, I saw that I really liked is the fact they did this on the road. You know, they went into Arizona State and played really well and came back and, and had an opportunity to to win the game, if, if not for a field goal, you know, to, to kind of end Oregon's, Oregon's hopes of winning that game. So I, I thought they played well, especially in the second half. But the, the, but the first half was trash. They couldn't do anything. Second half, all of a sudden, they learned how to tackle, and they didn't allow – as many points but they still allowed a bunch of them but it was just I, I wasn't i wasn't angry after watching that game i think a lot of times after a ducks game especially after a close loss there's like this kind of damn it factor because you were, you were right there but i think after this game everybody kind of went ah oh, well you, they started three three and0 and they came and they got into the top 25 i think people were ho- kind of hoping they'd move further up into the top 25 because so if they did lose that game you'd you know be knocked down a few pegs but possibly still still within that
3: Uh, All right, we'll keep going with this next. I have some more stats for you from this game, plus one takeaway from the end of the game that I thought was, uh, I don't know about surprising, but at least interesting. So that's coming up next, plus some of the other Pac-12 results from yesterday. Text the Bridgeport Beers text line at 55305, and we'll get to all of those next and later in the show. This is Football Sunday on the Fan.
2: Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
3: 918 here on your Sunday morning football Sunday. Mike Lynch, Rashad Taylor with you. Jesse Osmond as well. We'll get to your fantasy football questions coming up in the next segment. Text those in now to the Bridgeport Beards Text line at 55305. Already got a couple that came in right at the start of the show. So get those in and we'll get to as many as we can. Uh, I've got one myself and I need a win in that league. I'm owing two to start with two really brutal last day of this, of the week losses. So I need to get my season turned around there uh, after some BS losses, in my opinion. Uh, and Cooper Cup did nothing to help me in week. In this week, getting two catches and a 41-point
1: offensive outburst by the Rams. But look we'll oh,
3: get, we'll oh get to that. you played Cup. Yeah,
1: I took Cup out and played Watkins. One of the 25% of the fantasy world that played Watkins this week. Shame, shame, shame on the fantasy world for not playing elite talent versus that defense. Well, I I didn't have any other options,
3: so it was kind of <laughs> no, no. Cups. I mean, that he was a good matchup. Should have been targeted more. That's my hot I, take. I,
1: yeah, I just think uh, it was one of those things where you saw that that production go to cup the week before, and this was the perfect matchup to try to get your new weapon going. It, it was just kind of that, that storm to try to read those tea leaves. You never know though.
3: Yeah. You never know. All right. Uh, more, more, we'll get to the more fantasy stuff coming up at nine 30, uh, but more stats from yesterday's ducks. game that I thought was interesting, but also part of the reason why they lost um, Oregon committed 14 penalties in the game. It wasn't just the one of 11 on third downs. They were, they had 14 penalties. They allowed a non kick. There was that one play where it was like third and forever, and they allowed like a 50-plus yard completion to give Arizona State a first down. Um, They allowed more yards to Arizona State in 31 plays than they did to Wyoming in the entire game last week. And they had an average of 8.8 yards to go on third down, which is part of the reason why they... Uh, were one of eleven. They had a couple of. They gave up like four sacks in the game. They lost a fumble, so it was really just, a, really overall, just kind of a, a sloppy game for Oregon. They there was qu- quotes from the offensive line saying they didn't communicate very well until they switched to a silent count. So generally, it was kind of it was kind of the first rough game for Oregon under Willie Taggart, which we all as fans as fans and and watchers and all that were looking for. Right, you're waiting for that first rough game.
0: Yeah, college football is the one thing that it's it's unfortunate. But you don't get a chance to have make mistakes. You don't really get a chance to fail. Like college football is the the one of one of the few sports that, man, one two losses will take you out of the playoff. Uh, if you're a Heisman candidate, it's probably going to uh, kill any chance that you have a win winning the Heisman, especially if you have about three losses on your record. It's just it's it's one of those things. So when when teams lose, I think we panic, you know, because now all of a sudden we know for sure. The Ducks probably—not for sure, but more than likely the Ducks probably won't be involved in the college football playoff. We know that now. When when you when you lose
3: a game, it's kind I don't of think, like— I think we knew that anyway. Yeah, but. I
0: think you knew that anyway, but I think there was still some hope, especially after starting 3-0, moving into the top 25. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, okay, well, why not us? Why not the Ducks? And I think there was kind of that overall feeling with a lot of Ducks fans, and now it's kind of like, uh, well— you won't be playing in the Rose Bowl anymore because that's one of the one of the games for the for the playoffs. So what? Uh, what? Where? Where do you really see your season going from here? And I think that's why people kind of freak out about it. But overall, like I said, from most Duck fans I talked to, I don't, I didn't feel like anybody was incredibly disappointed in the loss. You know, I think people obviously wanted their team to win.
3: I, I think they're disappointed because it's Arizona State, but of
0: course. But I mean, it's there it's, were positives. There were a lot of positives. The fact that you were getting blown looks like the makings of a blowout in the in the beginning of that game. You know, so it it looked like the ducks didn't really have a chance to come back, and then they did, and then they took a lead, and then a field goal happened, and it was like, oh, okay, well, damn, if I'm gonna lose on a field goal, like that's it, it's it's a little different than getting smacked out of the out of the stadium by seventeen. Uh,
3: the one the one thing I, I noticed at the end of the game yesterday that I thought was was interesting, and I wanted to bring it up too, is. On that final drive for Oregon, when they were able to hold Arizona State to like a nine-second drive on a three-and-out, when they got the ball back about on their own 20-yard line with about 45 seconds to go in the game, Justin Herbert did not look ready for the moment, right? Now, the reason I say that is how many times last year did Justin Herbert play in a game where it was close and it mattered? Not very often. Not not a lot. Uh, Not very often at all. This was a moment where they needed a good drive to get just into field goal range to win the game down by two. Justin Herbert made four pass attempts, and those were the four worst balls I've seen Justin Herbert throw watching him in his first two years as a duck. He was forcing the ball. He had wide open guys, and he just completely missed them. The the most obvious one to me was on the second down play, I forget what receiver it was, was running an out route to the, to the right sideline, wide open. And Herbert does this weird, almost like extra like chest forward pass to get some extra oomph behind it. And he throws it like three yards to the right of him and he dives and he misses it. And I was going, what? That was an easy throw, especially for you, Herbert. You've done this before. And that's where you start thinking the moment got to him there. He's only a sophomore right it's only his second year playing he didn't play in a lot of hard games last year stress level wise that was the first stressful moment i mean not the first but one of the first few stressful moments for him uh in in a game situation and he completely folded with really really bad throws and i'm not blaming him for it it's it's expected when you're a young quarterback to struggle in those situations but that was not on the receivers not getting open or, or or drops, that was those were not good throws by Justin Herbert. in that last drive,
0: I mean, no, but I, I mean, of course, you want to. That's what we're going to remember, you know, most is the fact that he, you know, th- had those four bad passes. Uh, I saw a kid who went like what nineteen for, for twenty eight or something like that. With, he had a good game with yeah with almost three hundred yards and three touchdowns. I mean, he did everything that he. Could have done, and yeah, maybe the moment was too much for him. Again,
3: that's not all, my my whole point about this. Is not to say he had a bad game. No, of course, it's to say that on that drive, yeah, that's it, where great it, quarterbacks come out did, and dominate. He didn't and look he didn't. ready.
0: No, you know, I, I I agree, but I mean, by that's in that same token, we've seen Mariota come up short in some pretty big games. You know, like so it's national championship type games, and and Mariota, you know, hasn't come to play. So. Not to say that he can't get better. We absolutely think he can get better. I just think this is one of those games, again, on the road, um expected to win and then find yourself down, but still drive the team back and just come, you know, four like four arid passes away from putting yourself in a position to to win the game or to take the lead. Uh he'll get better. And I think if you're a Ducks fan, you're looking at this going, that's I'm okay with that. I'm okay with how this game went. Now, mind you, you don't want to lose next week. I don't. Know who's who's on the Duck schedule this uh, this week? Or- uh,
3: Cal. Cal, Cal, who played? Who, who's playing? Who played
0: well? really, really well yesterday against USC. So. I mean, you, you, you've you got your hands full right now. The Pac-12 is littered with a lot of great offenses, and I think you're just going to have to figure out a way to stop people on defense. I think that's the, the glaring hole right well, now. Well, so
3: that's, that's a natural transition. We don't have a bunch of time left, but I want to make sure we can get some of the other Pac-12 talk in. We'll start there. USC does beat Cal 30-20, to 20, but it was close yeah. through most of the game. There was a fumble strip sack that USC got the ball back at like the two-yard line, scored a touchdown, and then kind of from there the wheels fell off for Cal. But let me say this. Cal in four games under Justin Wilcox and Bo Baldwin and a really good staff that he built down there. Tim DeRuiter is also there, I believe, the former Fresno head coach. They look good, and they were supposed to be the worst team in the Pac-12, except for maybe Arizona. And that's, I mean, as a person who knows the Wilcoxes, that's awesome, right? I'm I'm really happy for Justin. But um, how about how quickly they were able to kind of say, hey, look, we're not bad. We're here to prove to you that we're actually a pretty good team. And how about maybe bull Baldwin should have been hired by an FBS school a lot sooner than this. Oh, really? You think so? You think? Yeah. I mean, just, you know, put kind of put that out there, but dominating for Eastern Washington offenses forever. And, and so I'm,
0: I'm looking at, at the job Wilcox is doing out there and he's, he's got those boys playing some inspired football. All of a sudden you've got a team that can score. You've got a team that had three big wins and almost beat the number five team in the country last night. So, Everything is moving the right way for Cal. And if you're Oregon, you better be careful because I think that if you thought Arizona State kind of snuck up on you and weren't expecting that, uh, I don't think Cal is sneaking up on anybody at this point.
3: I don't know. They might still be sneaking up on teams. They're like,
0: uh, oh, well, look, they don't have any good quarterback. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, but if you look at the games they put up, they put up three really competitive games in those wins. And then, like I said, up, like you said, the game was – super close until usc kind of was kind tied of until open, the fourth quarter you know and so it, it was one of those things they had their opportunity to win that game and in football that's really all you can ask for is just an opportunity to to win the game and uh, i think cal if, if arizona state can come in there and give oregon problems
3: i think cal could be right up there uh utah won on friday 30 24 over arizona pretty much expected darren carrington continues to impress uh for utah i'm sure the ducks would love to have him back right now but they still made the right decision based on how many times he kind of went afoul of their of their team rules and of the law, honestly, uh, in Eugene. Washington beat Colorado, really rainy game there, 37-10, so they'll stay near the top five. Washington State not losing to the bad teams this year, 4-0, blowout Nevada, 45-7. And the other interesting game to me was Stanford destroying UCLA, 58-34. Stanford... Did not look good the week before losing to San Diego State, Mm -hmm. and yet they put up 58 points on UCLA, whose defense is getting torn to shreds by everybody. Lost to Memphis last week, and we talked about it last year. We talked about it the year before. We're getting really close, I think, to the Jim Mora being fired question situation coming up with the Bruins because they're not good. They're not a good football team. I don't know if Jim Mora is gonna be. I think he's gonna stay there just based on his name alone. They're not
0: good. They underperform every year. Yeah, it's just it's it's one of those things, man. And I think this a lot of people are going to put this on Rosen. Um, no, put it on the defense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because their defense like is bad. I, I mean, but you can't name anybody from that deep. We can, but most people can't. It's the Josh Rosen show. So, of course, that guy should have done more. I think he's a phenomenal quarterback, though.
3: He is. Yes, he he will he'll, he'll probably lose a little bit of luster because of them losing, but he's still very good. All right, uh, coming up next. It is time for the fantasy scramble. If you have fantasy football, start to questions. Text them in now to the Bridgeport Bears text line at 55305. I have one. Rashad has one. We'll try to answer as many as we can over the next segment or two. This is Football Sunday on the Fan, but first,
2: Jesse S Sports Center. This is what you get when you wait until the last minute. It's your pick. Fine, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. This guy. A kicker. I like kickers. Listen up, you fantasy coaches. Mike and Rashad are here to save your butt with some last-minute injury news and roster advice.
0: The only reason my team finished as terrible as it is because everybody on the team was hurt. Literally
2: every single player on my team was hurt. This is Fantasy Scramble, part of Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan.
3: All right, it's time for our fantasy scramble. We do it every single week at this time. If you have start sick questions for fantasy football, text them into the Bridgeport Pierce text line at 55305. Uh, Before we get to those, though, I have one, and Rashad has one. And you guys, the texters, can also help me out with my own question here. Mine is DeMarco Murray or Chris Carson, the Seahawks running back. DeMarco Murray, hamstring injury. Uh, They're saying he's going to be active, yet there seems to be a, a bit of nerves about just how much He's going to be involved in the game plan, especially with how well Derrick Henry played last week. Um, so should I start Murray or should I switch to Chris Carson?
0: Uh, the
1: Titans, they're playing each other. They're right? playing each other. Yeah.
3: Um, Titans defense worse than
0: the
1: Seahawks defense. So. Yeah, r- really? <laughs> Seahawks uh, has not been great against the run,
0: though. Uh, Despite I'll,
3: that awesome line. It's
0: hard not to go DeMarco Murray, especially against the – Carson's like the rookie, right?
3: Yeah, but he's like the guy now. He got 20 carries last week and – seems to be yeah
0: yeah I would probably I would probably go ahead and go I'm I'm going to Marco Murray. That offensive line for the Cowboys, is still, excuse me, the Cowboys, but for the Seahawks is still trash bags. So, until they fix that, then I don't really trust any running back they have.
3: Uh, Chris Carson. Okay. I know you told me in the break. I was just curious what more reason you had outside I, of the quick Oh, oh
1: well, I mean, it, it, it's pretty simple to me. I need to see what happens um in the Titans backfield it's it's kind of it's the question that we had all last year there was that weird thing of, of Derek Henry kind of hanging over DeMarco Murray's head and it seems that at any time if DeMarco Murray lets up on his production it, you know you can see Derek Henry kind of swoop in there and steal that that's kind of one of those things where um, I took him in our draft um, and that was one of my worries and now it's kind of uh, I don't know if it's coming to true or not but I have good enough running backs where I don't have to play them at this moment, but I I mean Chris Carson got 20 touches last week. Yep. The, the the one thing being that that offensive line is awful. That's that's I think the one negative is that offensive line there. The the offense in general is really bad. You looked awful against the 49ers and now you're going to travel to Tennessee. Uh, I I would expect them to try to run, lean on that running game um, until they can start getting Russell Wilson in that passing game going. So I guess Chris Carson, yeah. And then what's your question there, Rashad? Well, I, can we ask, like, drop questions? Like,
0: add drop questions? Like I think We don't get too many of those. Yeah, you can ask. I, I just have my running back situation is awful. Like, so um, I have Christian McCaffrey and I have, uh, what's the other? Uh, Rob Rob Kelly. Kelly. And um, Kelly doesn't look like he's
1: going to play today. so Do you I, have some Ajay Perrine out there? Or P. Ryan, I, sh- I guess. Is no the... longer available. So okay. I'm thinking of taking either C.J. Procise or Jeremy Hill. Is this PPR standard? Standard. Mm. Okay. Well. Um, me, I would not touch Jeremy right. Hill. Yeah, you've got to have something wanna... better than either one of those guys.
3: Unfortunately, no. All Remember, right. this is a 14-team league. I wish. Yes. Actually, 13
1: teams. Oh which is even weirder. Can't wait for your bye week. I would be more inclined to roll the dice on somebody like Orleans Darkwa, who they are literally trying to – it's the same thing that they're doing in Cincinnati. they got to try to fix that offense. So the thought is they're going to start rolling out Mixon instead of Hill.
0: Well, here are a list of the people that are available at this point. Uh, Rob Turbin, Mike Tolbert, Chris Ivory, uh, Darkwa. Um,
3: That's who he just mentioned. Yeah. yeah,
0: um, Smallwood richard mckinnon not a lot not you know no nobody that's really you know gonna move the needle for you i don't think richard no. is
1: jalen richard by Jaylen, the way.
0: Jay, excuse me richard i'm sorry
1: and um, i mean mckinnon has some interesting upside i think he's a really athletic but he's only a third down back so he's gonna be helping in a passing game all right let's see so,
3: jesse take Darkway.
1: do it right now why not he's averaging like 5.2 yards or 5.7 7 yards a carry I'm, not that he, that's a big sample size. He's only carried the ball a few times this year, but all of those guys are only getting a couple of touches. The one that might get more this week is Darkwood because Paul Perkins has been so bad. So bad. All right. Uh, let's get to the
3: listener questions. Now, again, text the Bridgeport beers, text line 55305. First one at the flex, Amir Abdullah or Terrell Pryor. This one's fairly easy for me. Uh, I'm going to take Abdullah. Pryor hasn't proven to be much of a part of the Redskins offense quite yet. We're not sure exactly who the leading receiver is going to be there as they're they spreading it around pretty well, too. Abdullah has a good workload. He's getting about 18, 20 carries a game. Uh, Falcons actually tend to struggle against running backs on defense, and Theo Riddick will probably have a good game because they struggle against pass-catching running backs, but Abdullah could get some pluses from that, too, so I'll take him.
0: Man, I, I think if Amir Abdullah is – one of the choices. I don't know how many times we've actually gone been like away every from it. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead and go uh, Amir Abdullah. I'm sorry. I just I trust this quarterback. I trust this team. And I just saw something crazy that the the Lions have like the tenth best uh, win percentage in the NFL since like 2014. For since uh, what's that meant in the playoffs? no well, I'm just saying since Caldwell's been there, man. So nothing.
1: I'm just saying. All right. What were the players again? Abdullah or Pryor at the flex. Um, you know, I'm (sighs) going (sighs) to, not a good spot. No, no, this is, this is one of those ones where, um, you know, next week you might look and you're like, oh, one of these guys scored five points and the other scored like three, you know, you're just, um, neither one of them has really gotten off. I, I don't like. Abdullah, right now, I know he had a good week last week, but it wasn't great. You're looking at probably his best week in his career, and he didn't break hundred, uh, hundred yards. And you look at how many attempts he got. Uh, there, there's not a lot to get excited about there. And you're still looking at Theo Riddick, probably the better back in that backfield. Terrell Pryor, he's still getting the targets. He's got a good matchup this week. He's at home, and he swears he's going to get going. So. I mean, this is one of those things where I like the upside of rolling out the idea of Terrell Pryor getting going. He's got some really good upside and he's got the targets. Um, I'm going to roll Pryor out there.
3: Uh, Do I start Drew Brees or do I start Cam Newton? They're playing each other, Saints versus Panthers. And to me, uh, I start Cam Newton in this one because the Saints defense is so bad that any quarterback could put up points on him. Drew Brees is good, but the, I'm going against the Saints defense more for the better fantasy quarterback here, and I'm picking Cam Newton. I'm
0: definitely taking Cam Newton. That Saints defense is Swiss cheese, and Cam Newton's going to run all the way through that. So,
1: Man, um, Drew Brees or Cam Newton, huh? Wow. Um, I'm going to go Brees. Uh Wait, aren't, no, they're at home or they're out They're on the road, aren't they? In Carolina. Yeah, Carolina's at home. Oh, Breeze is a different cat on the road. You know what? I am going to go Cam Newton because uh, it, this is one of those things where um, there are certain guys that are monsters at home. Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Breeze on the road. They're slightly more pedestrian and that's that's uh, I'm, so yeah, I'm going to go Cam.
3: Jamison Crowder or Jarvis Landry. I'm going to go with Landry in this Landry caught 13 passes last week and he plays the Jets defense. Um, Jay Cutler seems to like him a lot early on in his Miami career. And again, I don't know what's going on with the Redskins offense. It doesn't look very good. The receivers who were great last year are not getting a lot of catches every single game. So for now, I'm avoiding that offense just because I don't trust it. And I will take uh, Jarvis Landry who just caught everything last week.
0: Yeah. I actually played against Jarvis Landry last week and,
3: PPR league, you felt it, didn't you? Needless
0: to say, uh, my team didn't do as well last week. So I'm going to go ahead and see if Lightning can strike twice. Go ahead and go with Landry.
1: Crowder's not been good this this year. And granted, like I said, I expect the Washington passing game to maybe start taking that step forward this week. They have notoriously been not great in the beginning of the season the last couple of years. So I'm going to kind of bank on the fact they're going to take that step forward. But it's not going to be Crowder that's going to get you there. It's going to be uh Landry today because I think like I said I think it's prior that's going to get going today
3: Russell Wilson Ben Roethlisberger this one pretty easy for me I'm taking Big Ben I like Russell Wilson but not really because the offensive line is horrific and he can't seem to get more than half a second to try to make a pass so I'll take Big Ben on that one yeah
0: Russell Wilson's going to be running for his life unfortunately so Big Ben has one of the best offensive lines in football roll out Big Ben
1: man this this one actually is pretty hard Um, Ben Roethlisberger, once again, going back to that Drew Brees, Cam Newton, he's one of those guys that's just totally a different cat on the road. And to be honest, he hasn't been very good this year. He wasn't even, I mean, he, he had a, he was facing a great defense last week in, in Minnesota, but he still wasn't great. Like he normally is at home. He looked more like he did the week before on the road. Um, Russell Wilson. Same thing. You're, you're dealing with a bad offensive line. Um, he hasn't looked great this season. They've only scored one touchdown. And because of that, because of that one touchdown, I'm going to also go with Ben. Uh, also, this is the last one before the break, and we'll do the rest next segment. Pick
3: two running backs, a potentially injured Melvin Gordon, Chris Carson, Jonathan Stewart. Well, Gordon is supposedly going to play. Anthony Lynn's, Lynn says he's going to be active. I don't think you can bench him uh, just because of a sore knee and then I would probably take Chris Carson over Jonathan Stewart. I'm not, although they are playing the Saints defense. I'm just not in love with Jonathan Stewart this year. So I'm going to take Gordon and Carson.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm Gordon, Gordon Stewart. I mean, I know Carson got is going to get a, a majority of the touches, but that line, I'm just still uh, to run the ball, man. It takes a good offensive line or at least a competent one. And I don't think the Seahawks have either one of those. So. I'm gonna go ahead and go with uh Stuart and who who's the other one? Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, yep.
1: All right. We're we're also gonna roll Melvin Gordon out there. You don't take a, a number one guy, like you said, out for a sore knee. Um lots of these guys have sore knees. They just it, he, he had he had a little bit of a rest this week, that's all. Um Stuart Carson, this is where it gets interesting. The the Stuart role is still he is still more the guy down in the goal line then um then you're gonna see adam mccaffrey now the the thing is carson is the guy however they said eddie lacy will be active this week so that makes things a little bit more muddled for chris carson um, and once again that offensive line is bad. So now you're looking at kind of opportunities. Chris Carson should get a few more opportunities, but Stewart's been getting about 15 touches a game these first couple of weeks and I don't anticipate that to change. Against the New Orleans defense, I like Jonathan Stewart this week. All
3: right, we got plenty more to get to next segment. Keep him coming at the Bridgeport Bears Bridge text on at 55305. This is Football Sunday on the Fan. <laughs>
2: Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080,
3: the fan. All right, back to the fantasy scramble. As we got ourselves a uh, lot of questions to get to, so let's get into them as quickly as we can. Jaquiz Rogers or Jermaine Curse in my flex position? Mm. Um, That's an interesting one because Curse caught a couple of touchdowns for the Jets last week. He, He actually looked decent for them. But I'm this one is is still going to be quiz for me. I think I want to go with the more sure thing, which is the Tampa offense, not the Jets offense. I'm going to go with quiz Rodgers.
0: Uh, I think I have to go with quiz as well.
1: All right, I'm just going to make it a queen, clean sweep again. A Pittsburgh or Miami defense
3: in the game. The, the Steelers are playing the Bears, and the Dolphins
1: are playing the Jets. That's easy for me. Take the Dolphins. Uh yeah, the Dolphins. I am going to be the contrarian this time. Uh, the, the Dolphins' defense, fine. There, I, um, they didn't do much for me last week. When you had an extra week to really get prepared for the season, wasn't spectacular. And if you look at it, the Jets, uh, they're bad, but they haven't been like a crazy turnover machine. So I'm definitely going to pass on Miami. Chris
3: Carson or Samaje Pirie. This one's hard for me, man. I don't know much about the Redskins' backfield. Again, I'm going to avoid Washington just out of my general view of their offense right now. I'm going to go Chris Carson again. I'm going to pick him over P. Ron. I just Ron. don't
0: trust Washington. I don't, I don't trust you know, P. Ron yet. So I guess Carson
1: um i am spiteful. going so here's the problem with, uh, so samaji Pirine has not been great he's not a big huge playmaker he's a big bruising guy that likes to try to break tackles the thing that you find with the washington offense he's going to be a lot like rob kelly in fact where rob kelly's either running for 2 yards a carry or he's running for 5 yards a carry there's no real in between and so and, and not to mention you don't know if Kelly actually, uh, as far as I know, Kelly is supposed to be active today. They've been talking about that all week. That is what I've heard. Yes. So, you know, if, if he's not going to get the amount of touches he got last week. I don't, I I, th- I still think I'm going to stick with Carson over P Ryan. Uh, Next question that came
3: in PPR league, Landry Amendola. I'm taking Landry. I mean, look, if, it, if he's going to get that many catches in week one, it might go down this week as Cutler learns the offense more, but he likes him. And he threw he threw a lot of underneath balls to him, so you're gonna get a lot of points PPR wise for him. So I'll take Jarvis Landry, especially against the the, the
0: uh, Jets. I, I mean I would I would like to take Amandola. The truth is there's just too many targets for Brady on that team with with Hogan. And I think um I, I think uh, well what's the, I was gonna call him poker. Um you
1: got Hogan, you got Cooks, you got Dorsett, Marie, you, uh, you, you got Gronkowski, Gronkowski you got, got White. You, I mean. Uh, but uh, Edelman, thank you. Jeez. Oh, okay. I, think, I think
0: Edelman uh, is actually uh, going to be playing. No, Edelman's out. No, he's out, out for yeah, the year. No, no but uh, Amendola, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm tripping right now. Yeah, Amendola is the one that's back from injury, and I
3: think because he's back from injury. I'll... Can we take Rashad's point away already from, y-
0: yeah, no. from right. hate it or love
1: it? No, you better um, not, man. Y- yeah, we're, we're, where's that noise here? Uh yeah, there we go. You're already starting in the hole.
0: <laughs> I'm you know I'm terrible with names, man. That's the, that's the one thing. But no, especially when it I, I comes probably, to your own team. There's just yeah, I know, right? There's just too many dudes and they change from week to week.
1: So, that's because there's said? so
0: many dudes for the Patriots, I'm probably just going to go ahead and go Landry just because there's again, too many targets for for Tom Brady.
1: Um uh, oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. Ahead. Uh so I think Amendola is going to come back and he's going to kind of that uh, week 1 they kind of established him being the um the edelman guy but he got like uh, what nine catches he, 100 he yards. had a ton of catches but you you just once again this kind of to me feels a lot like the running back situation you don't know which one's gonna go crazy one of these receivers is gonna be good i don't know which one the fact is landry in that Gase offense always gets targets he fits He fits. So I'm going to, as long as this is a PPR now, if it's this, this is a different story. If this This is is PPR, if it's PPR, I am definitely putting Landry out there.
3: Uh, Okay. Next one is flex position, Frank Gore or Martavis Bryant. It's tough. Uh, Gore hasn't actually looked as bad as I thought he would this year. And he's playing uh, the Browns defense, which is not the best. And they don't have any offense outside of their running game right now. So he's going to be used plenty. Uh, Bryant, great explosive play. But he's caught two ca- two passes and three passes in both both weeks. That's kind of what he is. He's a three to four catch guy who could get like a really long touchdown or just get three catches for forty yards. It really depends on the day. So, if, in in Jesse fashion, if you need a, a high ceiling for points, I would take Bryant. But I think if you're a little want to be a little safer, I would take Frank Gore. I thought Frank Gore, I mean, he's been the one bright
0: spot that the Colts have right now. I he mean, still doesn't look that old. It's weird. No, he doesn't really look that old, even though he's like, you know, 50 in football years. But he's still, you know, trucking along. I kind of agree with, with you, Lynch. Like, I think he's got a better um, kind of some upsides today just because he's going to get the ball a lot. Because the Colts, you know, can't throw the ball. And I think Jacoby Brissett uh, is going to be their starter again. And so yep. I, I know very well Jacoby Brissett isn't very good. At throwing uh the football at this point so with that said i'll probably go ahead and roll out frank
1: um yes you're you're right uh the the ceiling for bryant is higher um the floor i would say is better for gore so if you're gonna if you want to put it into that aspect if you if you need a safer play then you go gore if you're looking and you need you need a home run then i go bryant now here's the deal marlon mack is not playing for indy um so that means that they're you you have Turban coming in as his backup. Not quite as good as Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack's almost like a Gore clone. He's he's athletic and tough, kind of the same way that Gore is. I am I'm gonna roll Gore out there instead of Bryant, as long as you don't need the home run.
3: All right, let's try to go a little bit quicker as we run out of time before the game start. PPR League need to play three. Oh shoot. Odell Beckham Jr., Rob Gronkowski, Demarius Thomas, Keenan Allen. To me, it's Beckham Jr., Gronk, and Keenan Allen uh denver's offense has been decent but they spread the ball around so much you don't know about demarius thomas keenan allen caught nine balls last week gronk is healthy and is playing and beckham's going to be more involved this week in the offense so that's why i'm taking those three beckham gronk keenan allen that was relatively easy
1: um yeah no the the one guy that you uh, i think all the three in there that are the safe plays are odb gronk keenan allen i love demarius thomas but you just don't know if it's going to be him or emmanuel
3: derrick henry or isaiah crowell Crowell has been weird this year. He's he's demanding more touches. They're not really giving him to him, but he's playing the Colts. Derrick Henry should be getting more touches this week. We've talked about DeMarco Murray at length so far in these two segments, yet it's the Seahawks defense. Um, I'm going to go with Derrick Henry in this one. Derrick Henry. Let's go clean sweep, Henry. Uh, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford playing each other. Who do you pick? Matt Ryan. I know you love Matt Stafford.
0: I don't think you can go wrong with either one of these dudes today uh i think atlanta's defense is probably better than detroit's is um so
3: with that said i'll probably go matt
0: ryan
1: clean sweep
3: um next one that came in demarco murray or matt forte
1: i'm going demarco murray on that one because matt forte <laughs> i didn't
3: know matt forte was still in the
0: league yeah matt, <laughs> demarco
1: murray uh, Forte is the guy getting the most touches in that backfield. However, Bial Powell is not even getting uh, any real touches. They've they've entered a third wheel into that mix, and it's become a full blown committee in New York. On top of the fact that it's a bad offense, I'm going to roll out Murray there as well. Demarco Murray
3: or Jonathan Stewart? Um, I guess Jonathan Stewart in that one. I'm I'm only picking Murray against Forte because I hate Forte. Murray's got the injury concerns in that one, so I'm going to yes. take Jonathan Stewart. Yeah, because of the injury, I've got to go with the healthy Jonathan Stewart. Or the healthy-ish. Clean sweep. Chris Hogan or Tarek Cohen for flex position? Chris Hogan. Uh, I'm going Cohen. Cohen. All right, we got a break. I'll try to answer these quickly on the text line here for those that we missed. Coming up next, the anthem protests. We'll see what happens in a minute, 50 seconds when they happen, and we'll discuss it here on Football Sunday on the Fan.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,